When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, the biggest lies and the best TV shows. It's the best truth-telling tool that's out there. It works by looking at microscopic changes to blood, sweat, and breathing as yes or no questions are answered in a specific pattern. And almost every big criminal case you've heard of, they have taken polygraphs and failed, and that's why you didn't hear about them. There's no way to beat a polygraph now short of bribing an examiner. And people try that quite often. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So our first guest can tell if you're lying. He's been a polygraph examiner for nearly 20 years. And he's given lie detector tests to everybody from infamous criminals to celebrities to cheating spouses. And not only does he have some great stories about the lies he's been told, but also all of the things that I kind of thought about lie detector tests and how they worked, not really true. This is polygraph examiner John Grogan. The the first question that I would have about polygraphing is, does this really work? In most states, you cannot become a police officer without passing a polygraph. You can't join any federal law enforcement agency without passing a polygraph. It's the best truth-telling tool that's out there. Someone comes up with a better one someday, we'll all change to it. How does it work? It works by looking at microscopic changes to blood, sweat, and breathing as yes or no questions are answered in a specific pattern. So it's it's basically relying on the person to be nervous or anxious or something like that? Well, all people are nervous taking a polygraph. That's why we surround the questions of importance, whether it be cheating in their relationship or theft at their work, with questions we know they're telling the truth. So the computer has an example of what their body does at this moment when they're sitting there mad, nervous, and upset, but they are truly telling the truth. Or I guess how accurate would it be if I told 100 lies, it's going to catch all 100 or it's going to catch like 95 of them? Like what kind of polygraph is limited to four questions maximum. We did more than that. It would be unfocused. So that's part of why we can't use a 100 question analogy. How come now? Why is it limited to four? Well, All of our polygraph structure comes from the Federal Polygraph Academy that's used your tax dollars for the last 50 years to study polygraph and try new things and modify things. And they found the longest a test should be is a 10-question script with 20 seconds in between each question, which then totals four minutes to get through one through to the end of the other. 
And by then, that's when your arm's starting to hurt a little from the blood pressure cup. And maybe you're starting to think about the pain instead of the questions you're being asked. Does it become inaccurate after, after a certain amount of time? Well, if they're no longer focusing on the questions, then yes. If you're doing a polygraph test, when do you kind of get to the getting, so to speak? The, like, when would you say like, okay, did you do it? Is today Monday? No. 20 seconds later. Is today Wednesday? Yes. 20 seconds later. Do you know who took the money? No. 20 seconds later. Is today Friday? No. 20 seconds later. Did you take the money? Wow. Now we're halfway through the 10 question script. Man, it's that fast, huh? No, there's 20 seconds in between each to let the body calm down from one before we hit you with another. I guess my impersonate or my interpretation of it was like, you're in there for hours with somebody just banging away at tons. Well, when somebody says the test is going to take an hour or two, it's three parts. The pre-test is where we explain the equipment and help you develop your one to four questions. The next part, the test is only three, four minute chart collections. It's fairly fast. And then the third part post-test is discussing the results. Now, how much of this is kind of up to your interpretation as the examiner? Are you kind of reading tea leaves, so to speak, or is this black and white, yes or no? No, most computer polygraphs come with computer scoring that takes that power away from you of being too easy or too hard on somebody. So the computer scoring, like how does that work? It's comparing your blood, sweat, and breathing on something we know you're telling the truth to what your blood, sweat, and breathing did on the important question and also on a third question, third type of question. What's the, what's the third type of question? It's what's called a C question, and it, it's really too involved for this. In fact, it takes a week of a polygraph school to study that third question. Now, here's the problem. Now I'm so interested in what the third question, like, can you give me an example of what the a third question would be? Well, if I'm here because you're accused of stealing money at your employer and the employer wanted to write four questions, they might be, do you know who took the money? Did you take the money? Do you know where the missing money is now? Did you help anybody take the money? That C question might also be a theft question, but from a different time in your life. It might be prior to working here, did you ever steal any money from someone who trusted you? In the Federal Polygraph Academy, in all the money and time they spent has found that that's a good question to ask as a third type of question during a test. Now, will these results, do they generally hold up in court? Well, I do them for immigration court, which is federal. That's where most court ones are used in federal court because the U.S. government is the biggest users of polygraph in the world. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people are getting their immigration thanks to passing a polygraph test. I didn't know that at all. Wow. Is there any examples of a major crime, felony, murder, etc., in which somebody has been convicted solely off a polygraph test? Well, New Mexico, for example, they allow polygraph as evidence, the same as any other evidence, with no special procedure. Other states, you either need both sides to agree before the test or have the judge override it. 
when when you kind of score somebody based on whether or not they're telling the truth, is it it's a probability like there's a 90 percent chance that they're lying or 10 percent chance that they're lying? Or how does that work? There's two levels of accuracy with a polygraph. The first is the blood, sweat and breathing is four devices attached to you. That's pretty much 100 percent because it's just medical equipment truly reading your blood, sweat and breathing changes. Then the other level of accuracy is when we take the results and make a call, pass or fail. And that's held to be over 90% accurate. And the way they get the 90% to 95% is through later other evidence appearing or confessions. They match it to what the polygraph said and 9.5 out of 10 times the polygraph had the correct answer. Is this, would you say, like looking at it in terms of court cases, is this growing in its acceptance about level or declining in its acceptance and use? Usually in communities where you can't become a police officer without passing one, those are the areas where most judges allow them in court. If it's important enough of a tool to let somebody become a cop based on that, then it certainly should be usable for evidence. And polygraph, even if it was only 90% accurate, they allow other evidence in like eyewitness testimony. You say it was a purple car. I say it was a brown car. Yet that's allowed in as evidence. And that's eyewitness testimony is wrong 50% of the time. I feel like I'm going to do a really bad job framing this question. So I'm going to hope that you kind of understand what I mean by this. But can it pick up on, say, lies of omission in the sense that like, did you eat the sandwich? And no, I didn't eat the whole sandwich, but I ate 70% of it. Can it pick that kind of stuff up? That's why we have to be very accurate on the questions. They need to be yes or no answerable. Three to 19 words seems to be the best and no ands, ors, or commas. So for example, I might ask you, did you kill that man? And you're thinking, I didn't kill him. The bullet I shot at him killed him. So that's why we asked, did you shoot the man or did you shoot the gun that shot the man? You've done this before. <laughs> I, I, that makes a lot of sense. Now, but let's say that you had somebody that wasn't as experienced in yourself and they didn't frame that question correctly, like the way that you framed it. Would it still pick up that somebody was kind of committing a lie of omission that like, hmm. I didn't kill the guy. I just pulled the trigger and the bullet did it. If somebody who wasn't as experienced as yourself asked a question in that way, would the system still be able to tell that they were lying? Well, the reason it's called a lie detector and not a truth detector. An example is there's a homeless guy that lives downstairs from my office and he tells people, I am Jesus Christ. If we were to do a test on him, he wouldn't fail. He is not lying. Now, we're not saying he's Jesus Christ. We're saying he's not lying. He truly believes it to be true. So could somebody who, let's use the dramatic example, killed someone, if they just absolutely believe that they didn't do it, even if there was like video evidence that clearly shows them they did it, if they didn't believe it, can they pass the test? Yes, it's not something they can train themselves to do. If they were so drunk or blacked out and really don't remember it, they will pass. But if they try playing games, no, it will catch them. Their sweat at their fingers will go up dramatically and we'll we'll call it a lie. 
it couldn't just be one of these things that I sat in a room before I took this and just convinced myself over and over and over again, even though I, like if, if there was any internal thought in my mind that I had done it, I would probably get caught by the, by the system. If you know you're lying, you'll fail. In fact, one of the uh, questions on a final exam at most polygraph academies are, can a sociopath or a psychopath be tested? And the correct answer is, if they know they're lying, they will fail. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Sure. So the big one, obviously, is going to be, can people fake it? No. Back in the old days until the 1990s, computerized polygraphs didn't exist. It was a roll of chart paper with four moving pens. And it was a struggle. And it took hours back then because we had to write furiously as a chart paper was moving. And when it was done, we had to use rulers to make measurements. Then with computerized, no more ink or paper problems. It's amplified and it's even got scoring software that sees things better than our own eyes did. So there's no way to beat a polygraph now short of bribing an examiner. And people try that quite often. What's the most amount somebody's ever bribed you with? People have offered hundred to a thousand dollars. Did that seem like a reasonable amount for that case? Or did you feel like they should have bribed you with a lot more? Well, we would never take a bribe. So it doesn't matter the amount, but Let's say a guy, his wife found out he was cheating and she would not give him another chance. So he's got no benefit of answering the truth to her. They come in and say, mister, I'll give you $500. Just guarantee me to pass. And we say, now we can't even test for you now that you've said that. So the, so the, I guess the lesson I would take is bribe the, bribe the examiner and then you don't have to take the test kind of, right? I would bet 99% of examiners wouldn't take the bribe. Most interesting legal case you've been involved in? Examiners do a lot of the tests you see of high-profile people accused of killing their wives. And whether or not the polygraph would have been admitted in court isn't important to them. It's when they release it to the public for public relations reasons. In almost every big criminal case you've heard of, they have taken polygraphs and failed, and that's why you didn't hear about them. Really? So basically, if like it's a big case and you don't hear about the polygraph, they've probably they've probably they probably failed. took one and failed. You do a lot of these things, obviously, for for court, like you mentioned, immigration court and stuff like that. But now, what kind of stuff do you do on the on the civil side? On civil side, not criminal, but civil. Or, sorry, I, I, I should have phrased that differently. Um, like personal stuff. Hey, is my spouse cheating on me? Nothing to that's, do with nothing to do with. Almost ninety percent of our work is husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, gay couples thinking the other's cheating. How much does it cost? Anywhere from a hundred and forty-five to a thousand. It's the same test whether you pay a dollar or a thousand. The computer polygraph doesn't know what you charge what you paid. So it's just whatever the examiner charges based on our, their other examiners in his or her area. And then some cultures are known for asking certain questions also. There are certain cultures that want to know, was I really the first guy you had sex with? Is mine really the biggest one you've ever seen? Certain cultures ask that. I know this is kind of a broad question, but in your 
in your experience, are most people generally lying or are most people generally telling the truth? About 50-50. I do a lot of failed urine tests from uh, military bases where guys and gals want to say, I did not knowingly ingest whatever chemical the urinalysis says I used. And they're ordered, go get a private polygraph, because if you don't pass one, you will be out of the service very shortly. And that's about 50-50? Like sometimes they really didn't sometimes know? Sometimes they- we fail them. And they'll sometimes they'll say, well, I don't like your test. Okay. I'm not saying you're a liar, but I'm saying you failed a polygraph test, which usually means the same thing. So obviously you always go by the test, but can you, after all your experience, can you pretty much tell at this point whether somebody's lying or not before you even look at the test? I can tell only while I'm testing them as I watch them live on the computer screen, but looking at them personally, no, I can't tell. Yeah. Is there somebody that stands out in your mind? And obviously you don't have to name names or anything like that, but is there anybody that stands out in your mind that was like, man, that person was a good liar? No. Um, People that are good liars, a lot of people that are guilty are willing to take polygraphs because they think they're such a good liar they can beat a polygraph. And then we show them on the screen. After they fail a couple of times, we say, we're going to turn on a screen so you can watch yourself live. And they see what their body does on the first couple of questions. And they can see when we get to the important question, what a major difference it is. Yet they thought they were in control of their body. You know, some of the things that I've always heard of, like you can tell somebody's lying if they look around or if they blink a lot or anything like that. Is there any truth to that kind of stuff? Well, there are studies that say when when I ask you, have you ever stolen anything since you've been an adult? If you're while you're thinking, if your eyes go to one side, it means you're truly trying to remember. And the other side, it look is means you're trying to make up an answer. What's the biggest lie somebody's ever told you? It could be a lot of we work for a lot of marijuana dispensaries. Those are all cash businesses. They can't get a bank account. Sometimes they take in 100 or 200,000 a day. An employee can take 50,000 and not even be known for a couple of days. So they'll say, no, I didn't take it. And we see they're wrong. And when we tell them they're wrong, that's when they say, well, we'll give you a big chunk of money if you say that I passed. Best scene in a movie depicting someone taking a polygraph test? Well, people talk about that uh, folks movie. I can't remember the name. A guy using an antique polygraph. And that's back when people used to put a tack in their shoe to try to interfere with polygraph results. Oh, that's one of the Oceans movies, isn't it? It's like a gambling. No, but, but there was one of those. It's Meet the Fockers. Oh, right, 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 right. Was that... Was that in any way some, somewhat accurate? Um, it's how we did it in the 80s before computerized came out. What's the worst polygraph scene in a TV show or movie where you went, oh, that's not anywhere near accurate? Well, we see them wiring to the fingers and putting them backwards where the moisture devices are touching their fingernails instead of their fingerprint areas, things like that. What advice would you give to me or to anybody listening if they were about to take a polygraph test? To do your best, you need to answer yes or no with your mouth only, no head movements or body movements. If you shake your head yes or no, it'll make your body change the same as if you had lied. So we just want the truth. We don't want you to fail due to moving. So answer with your mouth only. 
Um, that's pretty much all the questions that I have. Is there anything that you think that I missed or anything like that? Sometimes people ask us, what if he uses drugs? Is that going to change the results? Polygraph's just a comparison test. So if they take a drug and it slows their breathing or blood, it's also going to slow it on the other questions, not just the client questions. And we're still looking to see if the client questions have a bigger reaction than the known truthful or the third type of questions. There's no drug that can help someone pass. As long as they can still walk and talk, the, the drug won't change anything. How'd you get into this? Um, I was a regular private investigator and started getting more and more calls for it. In most counties, in most states, there's less than one polygraph examiner per county. Um, for example, California has 58 counties. There's 10,000 private investigators, but there's only 50 private polygraph examiners. Why is that? So Why are more good special, It just doesn't attract people. They make movies and TV shows about private investigators because that's exciting. They don't make them about lie detector people. But you would think that at some point that there would just be enough of a demand that people could like, man, there's this is an open area. I could jump into this. How come it that? Is, it is a profession that those in it try to keep others out. They tell them, oh, it's too hard to learn. Oh, it's boring. The equipment's too expensive because they want to keep the work for themselves. How expensive is this stuff? How, how expensive is equipment? There's four brands of computer polygraph. It's kind of like comparing Honda, Toyota, Nissan, and maybe Kia. One's a little less known, but probably still just as good. What you get fits in a shoebox, and it costs you four to $6,000. That's not a huge startup cost. Not, not in the well, grand scheme of things. But the schools are 10 weeks long, and a lot of people don't have that time to put into a school. There's only 10 in the whole United States. I want to thank John so much for joining us. If you want to connect with him, we have linked to him on our social media channels. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram. And we have also included his information in the episode description. Okay, now let's go ahead and bring in John Schultz. Do people generally know when you're lying? Only those that are closest to me. How do you how do they figure it out? Is it the story itself or do you like do a bad job of doing it? I would say I probably do a bad job. I have a tell too, but uh my wife won't tell me what the tell is, but apparently I have a tell when I'm lying or attempting to lie. Okay, well say something. Okay. Tell me something really nice about myself that's clearly a lie and I'm going to stare at you and see if it is. Your uh, your shirt today looks really nice on you. I like that blue color. Well, number one, this is a black shirt. What was the lie about it? Were you lying about the color of my shirt, or were you lying that it doesn't actually look nice? Uh, the color of your shirt. Oh, so you were saying that my shirt does look nice, though. Yeah, it, it does. It looks good. I couldn't tell anything. Yeah, well, I, I'm actually, uh, I don't want to say I'm a good liar, but I'm, I, I can bend the truth if I need to, and I can usually escape eye on it if I have to. See, that's what I am. I'm less of a liar and more of a truth bender, right? Like I'm more of a liar of omission. Like, did you do this? I did it. I didn't finish it, but I did it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, even with my friends, uh, you not included, um, I'll be telling a story and I'll, you know, throw in some extra spice that might not be the truth. 
but you don't really know one way or the other. Yeah, I, I throw in too much extra spice in some stories, right? And there's generally no need for it, right? Like I could be at a party and say like, oh, six people got shot at this party. But for some reason, I'll say like eight people for no reason. <laughs> like, oh, well, I wasn't interested that six people got shot. But now that you told me eight did. Yeah, I I don't know why I do it either, to be honest. I just, you know, like I don't I don't actually think of that as lying. I think of that as like being more of an embellisher. Um. Mm. I can't really Can you, remember the last time I lied to somebody about something significant. I think it's a younger person trait. I think you pretty much stop when you're in like 27, 30 years old is when <laughs> I would honestly say that like I kind of pretty much stop lying about things at that age. I just at this point, it seems to get you. It seems to come full circle a lot quicker and a lot more dirtier if you lie than when you were younger. There's more entanglements that'll trap you oh. up. Like it used to be you could just lie and there was like no that was the end of it. Yeah. Now it's yeah, yeah. Now you you as you get older, you can lie less and less. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a millionaire. And then, you know, when you turn thirty, you have to start doing things and you get a wife and bank accounts. That's what it is. I think that's why you can't lie as much as you get older, as people figure out how to fact check you. I guess as soon as I hear that word fact checked, I immediately go to some kind of politician. But yes, I, I would think that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, because people know how to follow up. Whereas sure. like 18 years old, like I got a girlfriend that lives in Spain. <laughs> oh, okay. But when you're 27, you can't like, all right, well, what's her what's her social media handle? Oh, uh, wait, now, but can you spot when other people are lying to you? Um, I'm, I'm going to say 50, 50, I, I, I don't, I guess I really don't think about it unless something catches me so off guard, like it's so off the wall as to where I'm like, oh, that has to be a lie. But I mean, my, my wife could come home and just say, oh, Hey, I did this, this, and this. And I would say, okay, great. And she could be totally lying. I probably would never know. Yeah. I don't really, well, I've just lost the energy to really kind of keep up with people. <laughs> you're a couple years above me in that department, like an age wise. And man, I'm, I just don't really care about a whole lot anymore. Do you think you could fake your way through a polygraph test? Have you ever taken one? I've never taken a polygraph test. Well, no, that, okay. I took one in college, but that's not real. I mean, that's not, you just lied about taking a polygraph test. Well, it was like two questions. I wanted like the whole thing. You know what I mean? I wanted like the murderer's row, like sit you down and, ask you uh qu you know questions for an hour what was the what, what was it about i it was it was just it was like they brought in like this forensic person from the police department and you know they talked about what they did and yada 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 and then at the end uh she's like you guys want to take a polygraph test so she asked us like the most dumbest but like i think i was asked was i born in michigan and uh, she asked me, like, what my parents' names were. And then, like, five minutes later, she goes, are your parents' names, you know, so-and-so. Wait, was it – did you have, like, a career day? Did you have, like, a career day in college? We used to have a seminar, which was on Wednesdays. And uh, they, there, would just, there would be a different guest or a different alumni that would come in and speak every every week. Oh, is that that one of those like fake colleges or is that a real school? <laughs> I mean, I'm always going to call it a real school, but uh, there's only about 3,000, 4,000 kids that go there. So, uh, okay. All right. That's oh, all I got. All right. K-State.
Nice, okay, nice loss this weekend. In what? What did we lose in? Football. Oh, who do we who do we play? Don't even. I don't even remember. I just know you lost. Oh, I'm too well. busy trying to scrub the Lions' loss out of my eyes. Look, I don't understand that at all. Like K State is the same as the Lions in that kind of regard. And what's what's the point of even paying any attention to them in the first place? Like, why even pay attention? They're just gonna even if they win, it's just a fluke, and they're gonna lose next week. There's no point in ever getting your hopes up. All right, let's go. All right, uh, let's get some shoutouts. Uh, we'll start with Ben Androwski. Uh, Lactose the Intolerant. That's a pretty cool handle. That's a good one. Uh, James Sagos, Deanna Parker, Elijah Norris, Jim Hoffman, Dylan uh, Williams, Sierra O, Ronnie Sturm, Alexia Jane, Little Wild Beast is her handle. So we'll we'll just leave it at that. And then uh, Greg Rossi. So appreciate all of you for uh, for checking us out last week, and and let's just keep moving forward here. Uh, so Nick, would uh, would you rather not be able to control the ability to fart or to burp? Oh, you can control one; you can't control the other. Control one. You know what? I'd rather not be. I think burping in public would be much worse than farting, right? Because a fart can accidentally slip out. <laughs> and you can have some kind of a reason in which you could say, like, oh, this fart just kind of crept out. Like, you could play it off a little bit, but you could never play off a burp in public. Especially like a like a big burp. I, I, I don't know why, but for some reason, just thinking of this question makes me laugh. And I, I would rather want to control my burping. I, I'm not worried about farting. But I, I'm pretty sure I farted in public plenty of times. The problem is, is that you fart a lot more than you burp, and so you could potentially, like, if every tenth burp was a really big one, you could get through. Like, honestly, you could probably get through a whole week mm. with only ten burps. How many burps do you think that you have a week? I think I think you do it a lot more than you think you do. I re- I really oh, I do. I mean, I. I, I I'm going to say this right now. I bet I don't burp more than 10 times a month. Uh, I mean, every every time you drink a, well, I guess you don't really drink a lot of carbonated. I don't drink a lot of beer. Pop or, or, or do you eat a lot of like heavy carby stuff? No. And I just, I don't, I pace myself. I don't eat like this. I got one minute to get this entire thing down. Well, when you have a burrito for lunch or dinner for four nights in a row. Yeah, but I just, you know, I, I give myself like 10 or 15 minutes. I'm not on some kind of one-minute challenge where I got to plow through a burrito and two sodas in that <laughs> amount of time. I honestly don't think that I probably burp more than 10 times a month. I, I'm i going to guess I probably do it 10 times as much as you do then. That's still only an average, on an average month, it's still only like three burps a day. I'm going to take that back. I, I, th- I, I really think you burp 10 times Every eight hours, whether you know it or not. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't, you're know what, that much. I don't know what I'm doing either. Listen, Although I t- did just burp right there. Now, it's one of those things that once you think about it, you kind of notice that you burp. But yeah. not like a... No I, I, no, I would much rather control my farts in public because burps are hardly noticeable at all. Unless you've got one of those big ones and then people kind of think it's funny. Yeah, should- that's an easy answer, honestly, now that I think about it. 
It's kind of like peeing in the pool, right? Everybody does it. It's just to what degree do you want people to know that you do it? Right. I still pee in the pool. In my 30s, I'll pee in the pool. I got no problem with it. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, I do. Oh no gosh. problem with it whatsoever. Well, <laughs> wherever you go on vacation next, I really hope uh, really hope. I have no you. problem with people peeing in the pool. And I don't mind it. There's so much chlorine in there anyways. Who gives a shit? Right. Who cares, right? You're talking about adding a small amount of liquid to a giant amount of liquid. What's the big deal? All right. Uh, next one here. Uh, would you rather get four hours of great sleep or eight to ten hours of moderate sleep? Oh, eight to ten. Moderate sleep. Oof, see, yeah, I, I'd rather I get, get four hours of great sleep and then get me back up and let's go do this thing. Well, that's not enough. You need five. We've had a sleep scientist on this podcast before that said the smallest amount of sleep that somebody could reliably get and still continue to function as a human being for an extended period of time was five hours. Once you go under five hours, you're really kind of fucking up your body. So that's, yeah, I would go eight to 10. Because even if I get eight to 10 bad hours, I'm still probably getting the required amount of sleep. If you get four good hours, you're not getting the required amount of sleep. But man, those four hours are going to be great, and you know it. Well, yeah, but the other twenty are not. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's true too. You got to get some more candles. How much you spend on candles this month? Hmm, probably up near a hundred bucks. I think. I don't understand why that's so funny. <laughs> that, means, that means in an average month you're spending, an average year you're spending twelve hundred dollars on candles. That means that over the last 10 years, you have spent $12,000. This is like the best time. This is the best sense. Come out in the fall, into the winter. Okay. Well, look, this isn't this isn't your candle of the month. John's candle of the month will come out in our next episode <laughs> because this episode is not airing in the first of the month. All right. John's all right. candle of the month is next episode in October. So I better be wowed by your candle <laughs> of the month. I better be blown I'm, away. I'm, you're going to have plenty. To, to, to chew on don't you worry about that and so will everybody else to have to go out and, i can't and wait buy them. i can't wait i can hear the subscribers racking up right now <laughs> just getting ready for candle of the month i <laughs> yeah there's probably none um so uh so for my for my uh talker today i i have to start this off by saying that uh, i'm a little ashamed of myself uh because someone just brought now? this well <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself for 30 fucking years. I just look in the mirror and I'm ashamed. Um, anyways, um, apparently a story came out last week. I was just told about this this weekend uh, that there is a uh, lieutenant from a sheriff's department in Alabama. I, th- I believe his name's Eric Fisher that apparently looks like the Rock's twin. Okay. Have you? Do you know the story? Have you seen the photo? No, nobody knows this story. Okay, he looks like the Rock. What's okay? Yeah, dude. There's seven billion people on the planet. A lot of people are gonna look like other people. I I don't know. This looks like like this guy to me. Like he's playing it off. Like oh yeah, the blah, blah, blah. like dude. It looks like he got implants to look like somebody. I mean, oh. it, it, you got to look at it. like he looks like the Rock in every aspect. So I have known some people in my life who kind of look like celebrities, and they're absolutely play that up. 
Absolutely. Like they would always kind of cut their hair like this other celebrity that they looked like and they would always be dressing like that. Like it was it was ridiculous and offensive. So I'm sure that this dude is probably doing something to look more like The Rock. The thing that I wonder about is have you ever met somebody that looked a lot like you? You're like, oh, damn, this person looks exactly like me. That's not a family member. I, I haven't, no, but my, my friends have, and they've sent me photos of these people. And I'm like, oh, yeah, a couple of them maybe, but, you know. And it's always like one one or uh, of the spectrum or the other. It's like it's either the super glob of a person, and I'm like, whoa, I look like that? I look like silly putty? Or it's like, I'm that dude's way too skinny. You know, like we might have the same face, but. You know. Oh, so you're, you're you haven't met the equal doppelganger as you, but you've met a much fatter, uglier version and a much better looking version, but never your yeah, never doppelganger. Yeah, never like the 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 pear tree effect. Never seen that yet. I read something once. You know those like crappy cartoony things that they draw at, like amusement parks and fairs where they like your features are very exaggerated. Apparently, that's actually like how we kind of remember people in our minds is like that. Like ridiculous. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Like that's apparently how we kind of remember people or think of them. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I don't. I don't think of you as a cartoon character, even though you're look like highly Napoleon. muscular. Hey, man, you you're getting swole, bro. I'm getting big, working out. Plan of Fitness sponsor of the month. Heck yeah, I go in there twice a month. <laughs> get my ten minutes on elliptical, and I get out of there. I walk not... past it. <laughs> My cutoff shirt. My cutoff shirt. Okay, so our top five is top five TV shows that we would like to be on. What's your number five? So my uh, my number five is a combination uh, of of two, and it's Jeopardy slash Wheel of Fortune because I feel like they go together almost. The problem with Jeopardy is you actually have to be smart to be on it, and there's a much better chance of somebody like you and me just looking stupid. I'm not trying to say like I would do do well, but. I just I would choose Jeopardy over Wheel of Fortune, but I would probably have a lot better chance of making any money uh, on on Wheel of Fortune for sure. Plus, Pat Sajak's kind of an asshole, so I would love to to try to get him, rib him a couple of times. Yeah, he seems like he's kind of a dick. He just does. He? he just does. Yeah. My number five is Dateline. I've always wanted to be on like Dateline, but not as the primary person, just like the person that they interview from like school. <laughs> or that knew them way back when, and it's just there and there. Like, I can't believe it was him. We all thought he was so good. That's kind of funny that you have that, because my number four is I have, like, a CSI-type show. Oh, like, how would you want to be, like, a body? Like, I'd like to be the body <laughs> in the morgue at CSI. No, I would want to be one of the supporting characters that, like, is around. You know, like, like, like it's just every season, it's like, oh, hey, that John Shaw guy's back again, but he's like, you know, we, we can't get enough of him. Oh, like you would be a one or a two episode a year, yeah. a season kind of person. Just pay me my but couple million a year. the audience kind of knows who you are? Yeah, for sure. Yep. Well, I don't think they're getting that much. I don't think you're, I bet you're not getting hardly any money for doing a job like that. Yeah. I you're, bet you're getting like day rate, whatever that is. <laughs> yeah, okay. you're probably right. Would you rather be for a CSI show? Would you rather be a body in the morgue? Or like the person that they talk to when they're initially trying to get like to the real who done it. Like, oh, it could be this guy. And they go and talk to that guy, but it's clearly not that guy. 
Like, would you rather be the body in the morgue or the person that they talk to before they get to the actual suspect, right? Like the guy they confront while he's getting a hot dog or something. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd rather be the actual suspect at the end. You know, the, the music comes in and dum, dum, dum. It's been John all along. <laughs> I'd much rather to throw off their suspicion than to confirm it. My number three, sticking with the uh, the TV show uh, theme here. Um, I have, uh, uh, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to, Ballers. The TV show Ballers with The Rock. That show got canceled because it sucked. Why? It just looked like it'd be a lot of fun to be a part of for for a few years. That's all. That was basically like the entourage for the new generation. That 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 is honestly a worse choice than when you put Blade as one of the top five action movies. I'm regretting it. I really am. What's your number three? Million dollar listing. <laughs> I any of the million dollar listings. I'd love to be on that because I'm either buying some shit or I'm selling some shit worth a lot of money. I've never seen it, but uh, I will go with with what you say. It would be like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous for the new generation. How have you never seen a million dollar listing? I don't I don't watch a lot of that a lot of the, a lot of TV be it, to be honest with you. Oh okay, you're just spending your time watching ballers and other canceled shows like Firefly and whatever other garbage. Oh, don't you bring up Firefly. Don't you do it. God, John is the You know those things where they put about like the war documentaries but they put them in color? Like John is the only person who regularly watches that kind of crap. <laughs> I do. You t- <laughs> You know me. You know me well. That's absolutely true. We've never even spoken about it, but if you ever wondered like who's watching this? Like who's watching this documentary about tanks of World War One? John. Yeah, that's, it. that's accurate. That's not a lie. What's your favorite tank? Uh, I mean, I'm 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 impartial to the 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 Tiger tanks of uh, World War Two. Okay, weren't those for the Germans? <laughs> yeah, I didn't say so that. You I were on I'm, the German side. No, no, but purely from a mechanical standpoint. It's the wrong side to be on. <laughs> yeah, I'm not picking sides here. I'm just saying th- those are cool pieces of machinery. That's all. Yeah. What's your number three? Let's just move on. <sighs> okay, we probably should. Wait, are we on my number? Yeah. We're... No, we're on your number two. Did you just give your number three? Yeah, million dollar listing. That's right. Okay, I'm sorry. My number two is Master Chef. I thought about that idea. Like, wait, would you want to be on there ironically, or because you would actually like think that you could compete? Because I think I could compete. Bold statement. I've I've watched it now for a few years. I don't believe they're really just cooks, right? Like they have no prior training. I don't believe any of that. But if they actually are just people off the street. Um, I, I think I would do okay. I think, I think I could hang for a little while, probably. Wait, they're not specifically like other chefs on Master. Oh, wait, is, what's who's Master Chef? Master is Chef the is the Ramsey show one? where, yeah, it's where they bring in Master Chefs, quote unquote, chefs who have Michelin stars, uh, and they have like twelve contestants who are just at home cooks or you know cook at home. They don't have any kind of professional title behind their name whatsoever. Oh, that's probably I yeah, I would imagine that most reality shows are probably a very high degree of bullshit. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. 
I would like to be on one of those kind of shows where, like, but just be like terrible at it. Like one of those shows where they've like forged in fire, where they make ancient weapons, but no training whatsoever in there, like trying to make something. <laughs> that would be, yeah, I would do that. What's uh, your number my two? Number, my number two, though, is just eight HBO. Anything on HBO. Okay. I mean, that's. They, they bring it. They're definitely strong. Yeah. Ballers, you know, ballers. No, I mean, because that. Besides ballers. Anything on HBO besides ballers. <laughs> that's like the only HBO show that's ever been canceled. You know that, right? No, the there, one there's more. There has to, to be more. You could actually make an argument that Ballers is The Rock's greatest failure. I don't think it was a failure. Oh, it got canceled, bro. That's like the definition of failure. Okay, what's your number one then? Uh, professional wrestling. <laughs> of course. I don't know how I didn't know it was professional wrestling. Have you ever thought about your professional wrestling name, though? Like, what would you, who would you, who would you be? I wouldn't want to be anybody. I would just want to be me. No, I want. To, I just want to be John Scholl, you know? Like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I just want to be John Scholl. Well, first of all, he's The Rock. you got to have some kind of nickname. I think you should probably put a little bit more thought into this. Uh, okay. All right. Are you a heel or are you the baby face? I, I'd go back and forth, man. I'm talking about I would have a, I would have a run of 20 to 40 years in the business. I'd be the face of the company, a jobber. I'd do everything. Did you say jobber or jar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, yo. Hey, yo. No. Hey, yo. Okay. My number one is Star Wars because that's like you're going to live. You that's that's an iconic role, right? If you do anything Star Wars related, you that you will never be forgotten in however minor ass of a role that is. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. Same thing with like Star Trek or uh, or Star Trek, rather not Trek, Star Trek. Any of those kind of roles, you're infamous, no matter what character you play. I feel like Game of Thrones is the same way. Like, there's definitely some shows that you could put in that pinnacle of like any Star Wars show, Game of Thrones, Sopranos, Wire, Breaking Bad, Seinfeld, Friends, all those. What do you have in your uh, honorable mention? Uh, so speaking of, I, I have The Wire uh, and Game of Thrones. Um, I also put down The West Wing. I think that would have been kind of cool to be a part of that show back in the day. Uh, Deadliest Catch. <laughs> you got nothing. You got nothing. Um, and then, uh, and then I, I have down here like any of the like the uh, like the the game shows that are simple. Like, you know, like, uh, are you smarter than a fifth grader or that one where they drop the thing down the wall and, it, you know, the ball bounces into something and they make money, you know, just something simple. I don't want anything too complicated. The only game show that I would actually want to be on is not, I don't know, I can't think of the names of any of them, but it's not the like an American Ninja Warrior. It's like the funny version of that where they have ridiculous obstacles. Like, I think that would actually be fun to kind of do. You would be great at it. This is my honorable mention. The only one that I really have is The Simpsons. Yeah, I guess we didn't, we didn't really uh, stray into the land of, land of animated TV at all. But yeah, that would be... I'd probably choose uh, Family Guy over The Simpsons. 
Yeah, it's definitely more relevant, but I haven't watched either of those shows, honestly, in probably 10 years. Well, that's a lie. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, please leave a review. It really helps us out. And let us know, what are some TV shows that you would like to be on? And, hey, if he ever somehow gets the opportunity, I think John could be a... He, he could be a professional wrestler. He could do it. Maybe someday he'll get the chance. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.